Uh, turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1. So the new heading, we finished up, the, the last heading that we finished up was the birth of Christ. So now we're on the incarnation of Christ. The incarnation of Christ, and we're going to look at John chapter 1, verse 1, and also John chapter 1, verse 14. And that's the only two uh, verses that we're going to look at for the incarnation of Christ. But it doesn't mean that there isn't a lot there. So, if you are in John chapter 1, verse 1, say amen. amen. Well, now we've got a lot of reading here. <laughs> in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Praise God. I'll see you next week. If not. <laughs> All right, let's, let's break this down. We'll probably get through the incarnation of Christ. Rather, well, I say that. Who knows what will happen? But and then we'll, we'll keep on moving along here. I've, I've been excited for the class. We didn't have it last week, so anytime that there is a break, uh, so I get a little antsy. <laughs> so, but I, I've, I've been excited for the class. Before we get into the class, I just want to say that that was uh, a wonderful service this morning. That was a very anointed message from. Pastor, and that was probably say probably that was the most like that was the the best sermon I've ever heard. Yes, it was the pastor, was my father, <laughs> um, preach. It was a wonderful yes. sermon, and it was perfect. Yeah, perfect. So praise God for a godly pastor yes. that yes. seeks the Lord and hears from the Lord and then delivers it. Uh, like the Lord has. Uh, amen? Amen. Amen. So thank you, brother and father and dad, pastor, <laughs> all the names. Okay, John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. This refers to the incarnate Christ, but speaks of his existence before the incarnation. So before his birth, before becoming a man. Uh, be the word beginning does not mean that God had a beginning but actually refers to the time of creation and corresponds with Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. So beginning doesn't refer to time in the sense of like we think of beginning and end. Beginning means that's where it started. It doesn't refer to, the beginning doesn't refer to that's where it started. God always was. Beginning just refers to Genesis 1, 1. Okay, so then it says, and the word was with God. Jesus uh, is the Word. So the Word was ever existing. It was. And that He had a personal existence for He was with God. The Word was with God. Jesus is the Word. And so it says that the Word was with God. Jesus was with God. So in the beginning... Genesis 1-1, before creation, Genesis 1-1, Jesus Christ is with God. It shows that he had a personal existence with God. They both existed. The Word was with God. If they were just one, it wouldn't say the Word was with God. 
It would just say God was. Yeah, yeah that's true. So it gives a personal existence to Jesus as the word. Jesus was with God in the beginning. There he was. It is more than just merely being with God as we think of such a term, but actually having the same relation which the next phrase declares. So in the beginning, in the beginning was Jesus. I'm going to just substitute Jesus for the word. In the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God. And Jesus was God. He was God before the incarnation. He was God during the incarnation. And he was God after the incarnation. He was and is God for eternity past and eternity future. He always was God. He always will be God. Praise God. That is vitally important to understand the person of Christ along with the cross of Christ. You cannot separate the two. If, if Jesus doesn't, and sometimes people will try to argue that and separate, you know. Well, so what's more important, who he is or what he did? They go hand in hand. Yeah. If Jesus isn't God, then the cross doesn't matter. Yeah. That's true. So it does matter that he's God. Right. So if, if if a religion or whatever teaches or preaches that Jesus isn't God, then it's another Jesus. Yeah. Therefore, you'll get another gospel. Because yeah. it's important. The person of Christ is important. Yeah. So we say, okay, so it's the person. Well, it's also the work. Because without the work, yeah. you don't have mercy. You don't have grace. You don't have any of the benefits of Calvary. You don't have salvation. You don't have anything. So you can't just throw out the work. So that their hand, they have to go together. It's hand in hand. All that they all go together. Okay, verse fourteen, John chapter one, verse fourteen says, "And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth." So it says, and the word was made flesh. This refers to the incarnation, God becoming man. 100% God and 100% man. Because as already we already covered, he never ceased to be God. He was God in the beginning. He was God the whole time he walked the earth. He was God. So he was 100% God and 100% man, which sometimes... Just if, if we just use our earthly mind, that's hard to understand. Just using human understanding. How can you be 100% of one thing and 100% of another thing? Sometimes it just... My daughter's 100% of me and 100% of her dad. What's that? My daughter's 100% of me and 100% of her dad. Yeah, that's a good... That's a good... I'm not a parent, so I'll have a cat. He's neither of me. <laughs> <laughs> so Jesus was always the word but not always flesh right Jesus was always the word but he was not always human flesh he did not cease to be the word even when he became flesh man has never observed man sorry Man has never observed man as God originally made him, other than when men observed Jesus Christ. 
We were created a certain way. We have never seen ourselves in the way that God has originally created us. True. We only have seen the fallen state. Yeah. Right. So that's basically wordy. But man, we have never seen the original creation of God. Right. What God intended for mankind to be, we've never seen it. We've only seen each other in the fallen state. Yeah. It's the only way that man has seen itself in a fallen state. The only way that you will see what God originally created man to be, and it actually supersedes probably what we were originally created to be, is if you look at Jesus. Yeah. In Jesus is a picture of what God created us to be. Except because of Christ, we actually go beyond what was originally. We were, we were meant to live forever. But we, the evidence is that we still had a human body that you would eat from the tree of life and live forever. After the rapture, the millennial reign of Christ, and then even after that, there will be people on earth in human bodies. And they'll live forever. But for us that have accepted Christ as Lord and Savior on this side of what we have is better because Scripture says that we'll legitimately be like Him. In a glorified body, not not an earthly body, so that we, we're actually because of what Christ did, we see in Jesus we see what man was originally created to be, but we actually also experience more in Christ. Sadly, man does not desire to accept God's standard of perfection. It continues to try to produce his own, which always fails. And refers to Jesus, that man, unsaved man, refuses to accept that that's God's. Even religious man refuses to accept that that's God's level of righteousness. Yeah. So the scripture says, and, d and dwelt among us. So Jesus, although perfect, did not hold himself aloft from all others as many or most of the self-appointed greats of the world do, but rather lived as all men, even as a peasant. Jesus, the Word, who always existed, who is God, and is far greater than we are, chose to dwell among us and count himself as one of us, That just blows my mind. You won't even find a politician who does that. We're talking, and that's just another human. We're talking about God. We'll see it later on, I believe, but Philippians is a, talking about the emptying of the self-emptying of Christ, the kenosis of Christ, which that's all it means is the self-emptying of Christ. He left everything yeah. Yeah. for us. Yeah. It just it just 
Amazing. As flesh, he knew exactly how most of the world lives, laboring to earn a bare existence. He was a carpenter. Jesus was not wealthy. Jesus was not rich. If you just went based off of the prosperity gospel, that the fact that Jesus, that Mary, Joseph, Mary and Joseph were in extreme poverty, basically, and that Jesus would have also been in poverty because he was a carpenter. And if you were a carpenter, if you weren't making a bunch of money. So the whole mindset behind the that gospel of prosperity, the life of Christ blows that out of the water. Mm-hmm. We talk about Jesus, who's sinless, and yet Jesus Christ, sinless, perfect. God didn't make him rich. You can't tell me that he had weak faith. That's what if you don't if, if you if you don't have strong faith, then that's why something's wrong with your faith. So by that same thought process, if you're going to carry that out, you got to apply it to scripture. Which you got to if, if you believe it, you better apply it to scripture. And if scripture trumps it, then your belief is what wrong. So just accept it and let go of what you think is right. So that would be preached and believed that what's obvious based off of your thought process and the statements that you make, then in that case, Jesus must have had a faith problem because he didn't have a place to lay his head. He wasn't rich, that's for sure. He was persecuted and eventually killed. So, see how I just... The life of Paul blows the thought process out of the water, but if you just still insist to hang on to it, then, okay, look at the life of Christ. Are you dare going to say that Christ had a faith problem? If that's the case, then what you are saying is that Christ is not what? Sinless. Therefore, you have no hope. Because you will be lost in your sin. (laughs) So, yeah, good doctrine to preach. You hang on to that if that's what you want to preach. But just look at Scripture and you'll find out that that can't be right. Okay, it says, and we beheld his glory. This speaks of his deity, although hidden from eyes, which were merely curious. It says, speaks of his deity, although hidden from eyes, which were only curious. Hmm. Only curious. There wasn't a seeking or a hungering or a thirsting. It was just a, huh, I wonder what this is about. The word beheld, you should have this in your notes. Beheld, you see the Greek word there? I'm going to try to say it. means a careful and deliberate vision which interprets its object. It is more than merely seeing, 
but has the idea in mind of an object, in this case a person, displaying a certain aura or attribute which causes one to see something far above the ordinary. So this is what they saw with Christ. Why? Because he was sinless. They never saw him lose his temper. They never saw him get angry at someone unless it was righteous indignation. They never saw him just snap. He never lied. He never stole. He never had an impure thought. Never had wrong motives. You telling me that if you spent your any period of your life a week with someone that was perfect, you wouldn't notice something's different between them and you. If you would say no, you wouldn't. You are a liar. <laughs> We're talking about sinlessly perfect. Wouldn't take me very long to figure out. We not cut from the same claw. No, sir. <laughs> the next part of verse 14 says, The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Men will never be begotten or born in the same sense as Jesus was. For their sonship is on a different basis. That of adoption, not an actual beginning or coming into existence. We are adopted. We are not begotten. We're brought into the family. We're not of natural birth into the family. The only one that can claim that is Christ. We're just adopted. So even, even and I've heard it, it's not necessarily wrong, but... Not necessarily right either, I suppose, but if you were to, you know, that one of the things that I've seen and heard is, you know, people say, well, I'm a king's kid. Well, you're adopted. You're not the same as Christ. You're not. He was the only one that was born of the Father. So sometimes we, and it is true, but we kind of take it to a something that's not really meant to be. Like, if it wasn't for Christ, you got nothing, baby. Right. So you right. you better off just let, taking the emphasis off of you yeah. and, and putting it where it belongs. <laughs> I am in the family. I do belong to God. I am His child. I have benefits because of that. But if not for Jesus, if not for Jesus, I'm not in the family. I can't come to Him. I'm doomed forever and ever. If I'm going to be running around claiming and shouting anything, it'll be, thank you, Jesus. Not, I'm a king's kid. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did. Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you that you brought me into the family. Mm. Have to calm down, preach. Can't preach myself happy. Okay, the next part says, full of grace and truth. Full proclaims his deity, for only God is full of grace and truth. The glory in which he was seen was that of an only son with the Father. 
the one sole object of the Father's delight. Two glories are displayed. One, His glory as the Word who was with God in eternity. The second is His glory on earth as the only Son of the Father. Congratulations, we have completed John, <laughs> the incarnation of Christ.